been a week. Have you had those before? It's been a week. No, it's been a great week, or it's been a, eh, but just a week. This has been a good week, actually. Um, this is my, my first full um, apple blossom festival. Last year, I only got half of it because I had to go out of town, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know, and then I saw the whole week, and wow, traffic, oh my goodness. We lived in L.A. for four years to prepare for apple blossom. <laughs> Just prepared us. Um, it's so awesome to be um, at the Father's table with everyone today. I think that that remembrance, that time is, is important for us. Um, I just want to welcome you to Wenatchee Foothills Foursquare Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I feel like I need to reintroduce myself because my pastor came last week. My, my pastor. Um, <laughs> And it was such a great message. I just feel like following him, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, okay, whatever. All right. He's my friend. Ooh, that was, sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Um, but it was good to have him. If you ha- didn't hear it, um, we'll have it up on, on um, uh, the website this next week. Um, you should really check it out. Um, just, it was a great word for us as a church. Um, I felt like it was a great word for me as your pastor. Um, it was an encouragement to all of us, and, and, and it's so great. You know, we're, we're past being here a year, going into that second year, and, and I'm even more excited about what's going on. Um, we have things that are going on in our midst with, with laundry love, with uh, packing friendship, with um, things that we're doing kind of in our, our community, and I, I just, I see God doing that more and more in us. Um, I, I, this week, we're going to be talking about loving like Jesus again. Um, and the title this morning is Love Restores. And you know me, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of uh, reconciliation. I feel like that's uh, a ministry that it says in the word that we are to be um, a part of, um, that God has create, given us that ability to be reconcilers. Um, that, that ministry is for us to be a part of, and, and, but it, it's a form of restoration, isn't it? Reconciliation, it's restoring relationship. God wants to restore our relationship, but he also wants to see the relationships that we have restored. Um, and when I think about restoration, I think about, um, anybody watch HGTV? Okay, anybody not want to admit it? Okay. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm talking to you. Um, there are these shows like uh, HGTV, TLC, all these restoration, reconstruction kind of shows. You know, there's a, uh, what's that, uh, Restoration Addict, or, um, what, I can't remember her name. Um, rehab. rehab Addict, yeah, okay, so now we have a, an addict over here. <laughs> okay, so there's this one that's in the, the UK does in the backyard, uh, the, they do like, um, uh, nobody else? Okay, cool. <laughs> backyard Crashers or something like that. Um, we watch these shows, though, and, and it's, it's so much fun to sit there and watch these hosts go through and take a house that you're like, I would not live in that if you paid me, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like there's stuff on the floor or there's no floor or, um, and like that wall might come in and they take and they transform the place into something you're like, uh, maybe I would take that now. <laughs> could, I, could we rewind? And, I'd, 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 you know, and, and you only buy it for like pennies on the dollar, so to speak, and, and, and put all this the rest of your money into that, and it just becomes something that's like, wow. Um, 
But I, I think it's interesting that, that their, their abilities, their talents in doing this, it's, it's not lost on me. This artistry is not lost on me. I, I can see clearly and understand, understand that they, they know their craft. They know what they're doing. They, they can see that when they walk into the building. Even though it's falling apart around you, they can see what it's going to be. They have vision for that. But I, 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 can, I can be just like any other armchair quarterback and sit there just like the rest of us and just, I don't know if I would have chosen that color in that bathroom. You know what I'm talking about? We, we have those, those ideas and impressions. We're like, you know, I probably would have done a different color in the, the kitchen on the kitchen counters. I, I'm not sure I like that slate. Yeah, like we know. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the greatest of these little shows um, is a show that just ended recently um, that so many people, and you know where I'm going, uh, Fixer Upper with um, Chip and Joanne from Texas. This, this show is great. Um, it is a couple of believers, which is, is awesome. It's a, they're an awesome little family. They have a great process. They go in and they talk with the family and they say, this is what we can do. You can do the small, medium, large budget kind of deal. The one that's um, not so scary, kind of scary, and oh my God. <laughs> and you get to pick those and get to go through that. And um, they go in and restore it and, and then they decorate it and, and, and they present this to them. And what I, I think is interesting, especially with their, their show, they were kind of sneaky about this, is that they were actually um, restoring their community. The community of Waco, Texas was hit hard by that financial crash, and there were a lot of very um, inexpensive homes because it had fallen on hard times. And they were about restoring their community, about seeing their community come alive again. And so they were putting a lot of effort into seeing that happen and saying, hey, there's still life in this town. There's still something to be restored in this town, and there's still restoration to be had in people's lives. And that is, is a reason why I love those kind of shows, because you actually see, even if it's not Chip and Joanne, if it's somebody else um, that's doing this, and, and they may not even understand what the Lord does in the world, they're not intuitively doing something, but there's restoration in people's lives as that home is, is shifted and, and helped. And I, I think that's what we're looking at this, this week in love being a, res, a restoration. Restoration is not just for the vessel being filled, but also for the vessel it is to be poured out into. And that, that really is the key this morning to what we're going to be talking about. If you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And I will... Chapter 6. We'll start in 14 and 15. Um, it says this. Um, for if you forgive others with their... If, <laughs> for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Um, I don't know if you ever noticed this. This is something I noticed recently. Um, that this refers back to, I mean, obviously this refers back to the, the Lord's Prayer. But there's a little bit more to this. So, so we go back to the Lord's Prayer. It says, um, pray then like this. It's just a few verses um, before that in verse 9. Um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, interesting thought here. Just a thought off, off the track a little bit. I, I never do this. I never go on rabbit trails, right? Um, we call this the Lord's Prayer. Okay? Yet Jesus was without sin. So he had no debts. He had no debtors. I'm not trying to be heretical or anything, but I'm just kind of wondering, should this be more like the disciples' prayer? Or the sinner's prayer? Really? Um, yeah, it's Jesus presenting the prayer, but I, I think it's really for us. Um, model. I love how every time I study, times when the Lord says to me, um, isn't it great? Do you, do you get that? Do you read through the same verse and find different facets to that same jewel? Different aspects. Something speaks to you that didn't speak to you before. That's important. It's important to hear something new from the Lord. He never changes. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We change. Where we are in life changes. Our kids get older. They grow up. They move away. Our life changes. So, so the word is going to speak to us in those times of change differently. And that's a newness for us. Is that okay? We got that? Okay, we're there. But I love how every time I study the word, there are these times that the Lord says these new things, and I notice something, I, I notice something newer in, in a later passage, and this is in 19 through 21. Uh, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, um, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know this is not the usual hermeneutic um, or, or way to study um, this section, because um, the usual way to look at it is, is, is talking about do not, um, do not lay your, your treasure in material things. Do not lay your treasure in money. Do not lay your, your in fame or stuff, um, and we should put all our focus on the Lord. That's the usual hermeneutic, correct? But I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I remember this pastor um, uh, of mine would, would say that Scripture confirms Scripture. Um, you can go into Scripture and, 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 it, and it enlightens a section of Scripture more because you're seeing more of what God is meaning for that. And there's, a, there's the thought of how the breadth of Scripture when we look at this treasure, there's a few things that stand out and, and go into the formation of this idea of treasure. John 3.16 speaks to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. His idea of treasure had to include his son. And, and being that, he gave his son up for us. We are now included in that treasure. His treasure. Does that make sense? Yes, God wants our love. God wants our devotion. Yet I wonder that if the treasure would also include, um, if it would include our loving like Jesus in how we love others. Jesus answered the Pharisees when they asked him what the greatest commandment was. You, you know this. 
God with everything that we have, every fiber in our being, and love others as ourself. There's three facets there that I think sometimes we forget. God so loved the world that gave his only son. Love the Lord your God with everything you have, your neighbor as yourself. So we're to love our God with everything. We're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And I know that's, that's something that's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're starting to get into like self-love and like being egotistical or anything. No, there, there's something about understanding that we are loved by God and that love pours out into us. And if we love ourselves, we can find that worth that God has in us. And then we look at other people around us and we're able to say, you know what? They have that same worth. So then there's, there's three facets. Oh, God works that way, doesn't he? Three, seven, 12. I mean, he's got all these numbers. I'm not a mathematician, but I know that when there's something like that, when it's repeated or it's something in threes or in sevens, there's something complete about that, isn't it? I mean, it says it in the word that there's a completeness. But there's, there's three facets to this treasure, really. It's nothing in this earth. It's, it's the fact that we are to love our God, understand our worth, and love others. Because doesn't that end up being treasure in heaven? If we love others, is that going to be treasure here? Or is that treasure that goes on? If we're about restoration in people's lives, is that something that's just for here? Or is that for something for heaven? I love John. John grew up. Our first point is this. Love is like lost treasure restored. Love is like lost treasure restored. It, it, it's interesting when we, when we see somebody's life restored, somebody that, that maybe we're res- having a restoration of relationship with somebody in our family or somebody that, that we have um, had a falling out with and, and we walk through that process of restoring that relationship. Isn't it isn't it this sweetness that we feel, this, this, this sense of completion? I don't know if you've ever had that. Have you ever forgiven somebody for something and you just feel this, this weight fall off of you? Or if you ask for forgiveness, yeah. Both sides of that carries a weight. People matter to God. People matter to God. Your neighbors matter to God. They are why he loves. You matter to God. You are why he loves. Well, really, God is love, so that's his nature. He, he, he is love, so he's going to love anyway. But, but you do matter. That is still important to know. You matter. So often we do not feel like we matter. And you know what? There's sometimes where maybe, maybe you feel like you don't matter and, and you're, 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 waiting, you're just waiting for somebody to read your mind and come and tell you that you matter. Can I tell you that's not going to work? God already tells you that you matter. 
In his word, he tells you that you matter. He sent his son to die for us before we were even born. I don't think anybody in here in this room was, you know, this happened after they were born, right? I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything. My mother-in-law is here, so I'm, I'm, I'm being very, very safe. <laughs> but even before we were born, he knew us. Kelly shared that in, in, in the communion time. He knew us. We matter to him. Did you know that there's a, that there's a, 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 a book that he jots things down about each of us? In his word, he jots stuff down. I just heard this from another pastor. Was, I was listening to another message, and he, he was talking about how there's a book in heaven that God, who doesn't need to write stuff down, right? Does he? He jots stuff down about us, like, oh, that's really good. I'm going to share that with him later, you know? You know, I, I, I know, I, ha- I have this sense of God having this sense of humor and this sense of, uh, uh, this lightness, this, this um, excitement about us. I hope that's okay, because I, I think that's how God is. I think that he does, I, I'm sure that he looks down at us in some of the crazy things that we do. He's, hey guys, come here, come here, you gotta, I, I can't believe he's doing this again. You know what I'm saying? He has a sense of humor. Where, where do you think humor came from? Did it come from like someplace in LA? Please no, please no. They have less humor than, than most. Um, partially because it's so hot and freeways. Anyway. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who shall ever believe shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world. Does that say God so loved the church? Does that say God so loved just Christians? God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. Um, and I, I don't know if you hear, hear that, um, that you matter in that verse, um, but it just resounds out of that verse, out of John 3.16. We could, we could just sit on that verse for a long time, um, but we're not going to. We're going to jump to Joel. <laughs> Joel uh, chapter 2, 25 through 26 says, I will restore to you the years um, that the swarming locusts have eaten, um, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, um, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you and my people shall never again be put to shame. This, is, this may be a promise for, for God's people long ago, but understand that you are God's people. That if you feel that you have lost those years of plenty, he will restore that to you. He wants you to to have that restoration in you. Young or old, male or female, whatever our nationality, where we've come from, we are God's people and he wants us to be a part of his purposes. And that it brings about a restoration in us. Sometimes it may mean a change in our, our life and our direction, but it's a restoration in us. Further on in Joel, um, 28 and 29 says, and um, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. 
even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Nowadays, it's the, you know, even to the, um, the male and female Starbucks barista, I will pour out. I mean, it, it can apply, right? It can apply to anybody that is a wage slave, as we call it, right? That's in Joel. Or, uh, yeah, Joel, t- uh, the chapter 2, 28 and 29. But the reason why I throw that out um, is that he's going to pour out his spirit. He already has poured out his spirit, right? The day of Pentecost, it's been poured out and it's continuing to pour into our lives. Um, so love is, this is our second point, love is much like needed rain. Rain, rain is, a, is an image that I've seen a lot of times. A lot of times in songs, you'll see it as an image used for um, describing the Holy Spirit being poured out. Send your rain, O oh Lord, right? Um, that, that image of drenching, of covering. I know there's the, the, the symbol of oil or of fire, um, but this, this image of rain, it, I, I think I associate this, uh, this is why I associate the Holy Spirit with being smelly. Uh, there's, this, there's this smell that the Holy Spirit has because you know when the rain is coming and it's coming, across, you know, coming up the valley you know, and, and you get that, that waft of smell, that dusty smell, but it's, it's like a, a dusty life smell. Anybody? I got John nodding out here. I, see him, I can see him out in the orchard just... Yeah. Just smell it coming, right? And that, that smell, or, or even after the rain, after, like, there hasn't been rain for a while, and then rain just drenches the ground, and then it goes on. And you're sitting there, and you're just like, just smell of dirt, right? <clears throat> There's that sense of life, that sense of, uh, of uh, like, potential. And I think when we're drenched in the Holy Spirit, when we are, are open to the Holy Spirit, just send your rain, Lord. Send your spirit. We are that dry ground that gets drenched and broken up. And there's that sense of of life, that aroma. So now that I have that trapped in my head for years, now it's in your head, I'm hoping. That every time you smell the rain coming or the rain moving off, that you'll have that sense of, of newness, of life, of restoration. Love is like much-needed rain. The thing is that love, the love that God pours out for us is like this. And our, our love for others should be like this as well. So if we love others and it, it feels more like we just set them down and told them how it is, that's not rain. That's like those monsoons that you see in... <laughs> you just drench somebody in a way that is damaging. But if it's something where we can speak life into someone and through the spirit we, we, we are a part of that restoration ministry in their life, there's that fresh aroma. There's that potential. There is that life that is, is just filling the room. And this needs to be something that's not just for, we've talked about our neighbors, we've talked about our community, but it's not just for them. This is for people 
that are considered, in the word, it, it considers them enemies. Now, I think sometimes we think, well, in this day and age, we don't have a lot of enemies. We're just, you know, eh, it's a, we don't have persecution in this country, so we really don't sense that um, enemy. But yet, I think that there's a lot that's rolled up in there. You know, people in our family that annoy us, or that we annoy them, they can be considered enemies, right? And not, not in that sense of like, put them up, you know. It, it's in that sense of, I see that I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but neighbor doesn't necessarily mean the people I like all the time. Because that's easy. Where's, where's the sacrifice there? Where's the life there? Where is the restoration there? Because we're all on the same page. But if we're going to people that are in that enemy camp, Maybe they're not the enemy long-term. They've just been taken to the enemy camp, and we need to go and help with that restoration. Maybe we need to go to family, and we need to ask forgiveness. That hurts, right? That kind of ouch. I know there's a few people in here. I'm not going to name names or just like the whole room. Um, But we have family that we need to talk to, right? People that we need to talk to and ask forgiveness. Or maybe, maybe there's somebody that, that you feel has wronged you and they should really be asking you for forgiveness. Now, that's a harder one. That's probably one that we have to just give them grace and forgive them anyway and not expect something in return. But see that restoration happen. Try to be a part of that restoration. When it calls us to be peacemakers, that's, that's part of that reconciliation, right? When we see something happening where people are fighting, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's talk about this. That's being an agent of restoration. I'm having a hard time saying that this morning. I'm say, kind of saying restoration. 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 You know what I mean. Matthew 5, um, 43 through 44 says, um, You have said, um, heard it said, um, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Sometimes I almost wonder if we should um, pray God, open our eyes to persecution in the world. Maybe not, maybe not give us persecution, although that may happen, but, but open our eyes to persecution so that we could see it through your eyes, God. Love um, Luke uh, 23, 32 through 34 says, um, two others um, who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place called the skull, where they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, and, and this is where I think Jesus kind of leads the way for us in this reconciliation, he says, to all of these that were around him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Um, so often this is, this is where Jesus starts. Jesus starts in our lives that way. Forgive them. Forgive him. Forgive her. They don't know what they're doing. But it goes beyond that. It goes to a place where we need to take on that same model and look around and go, you know, somebody that doesn't know the Lord hurts you and you're going to expect them to to ask for forgiveness? No. Lord, forgive them. They don't understand. 
Help me to love them. Help me to love like Jesus would in spite of myself. The third point is this. our last point here this morning. Um, With Jesus, love restores through forgiveness. So that forgiveness that he gave on the cross for all that were there and all that were to come, it restores. It starts that restoration process. If if we want to love like Jesus, invariably we are going to be led through the land of forgiveness. This is where restoration starts, where it begins. This is where where we are called to the ministry of reconciliation, and this is where love begins, shines, and perfects us. So, in application, what does this look like for us? What does this look like for Foothills Church? I've heard it said that that, we, we don't have a lot of circles where we were connecting with new people or connecting with people that we could share those things with. And yet I hear also on the other hand that many of you are retired and you have lots of time on your hands. I'm just saying, there, there is time on your hands to connect with other people. We're going to be looking at doing a block party and this, this block party is going to be coming up, so you got to keep your ear to the ground. We're going to be putting a date together. Um, just got done talking to the Grace House and um, the Hospitality House. Now, if you don't know what those are, um, the Grace House is a, um, uh, a house. It's part of Lighthouse Ministry, an extension of that. that um, there's some ladies that have, uh, uh, young ladies that have kids that are going through uh, discipleship. Um, they're single moms. Um, they've had hard lives, uh, but they're following after Jesus now. Um, best they can. And um, Hospitality House is the same thing with guys, and they actually do some kids in there with single dads. Um, and what we want to do is we're going to bring them here. Um, downstairs, we're going to, I don't know if we can find bounce houses or something, bring their kids, feed them, have a great day, with no other purpose than just love. We're not coming to say, hey, come to our church. They can. We want, we want them to be able to, but we want to just show love and care. And I think this is the potential in Foothills that's untapped. So in the next little bit, be looking for that. We want to have people that will help out, help out with food, help out with um, different things we might do, come up with some ideas of what we might do. Um, and it's just kind of a start. It, it may not be, we don't want to make it totally complex for complexity's sake. It might just be simple. It might just be hangout, food, a little bit of something for the kids. And then we might do it again. Maybe pick another group. Maybe pick a neighborhood that we live in and go and do that. Does that sound like a good plan? Okay. So that, that's good application. But I think for individual application, if you've got time on your hands, look around. And get a sense of where the ground is. Get a sense of where there are people that you can go and hang out with. Maybe there's something that you love to do and, and just haven't done it in a while or, or you're really good at it and you could share it with somebody. We could do classes or something or um, connect you with some, some people that may, may want to learn that. But just look around. Look around for those relationships that could happen. Um, maybe it's in your family. Maybe there's some that you can, you can find ways to... I think I'm dying out here. You can find ways to bless. 
Um, I, I've heard stories um, of some family that um, the grandparents would show up and drop a bag of groceries on the front step and kind of like knock and run. Um, <laughs> but leave something for them. So there, there's things we could do in our family, friends, maybe somebody in the church that we know is, is struggling, we could do something like that. Um, but I just want to challenge you in that. Um, in the next couple months, as we head through summer, we're going to have even more time. There's more kids on the street because they're not, on, not in, in school and, and finding ways that we can just bless our community. Um, well, let's pray together. Uh, won't you stand with me? And... Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We, we praise you for the opportunity to come together to celebrate we just pray, God, that you would, um, you would move in our midst, open our eyes to people that need to know about you, and move. Move through our feet, move through our hands, move through our words, God, that as we speak love into people, that it would be like that rain that's coming in the distance. There would be life in it. We praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We do have potluck today. 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 